It's sunny outside. We're blessed with a sunny weekend. It looks like it's going to be sunny all week long. It's the beginning of autumn, and that summer we had is over. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. All right. I'm excited to read to you Psalm 100. We were doing a series of sermons through the Bible, and we're in Psalms right now, and we're uh, looking at psalms according to the categories or divisions of psalms, the, the themes of psalms. We've looked at psalms of praise. We looked at psalms of wisdom. We've looked at uh, psalms of lament. And today we're going to look at psalms of thanksgiving. And there's perhaps no better psalm on thanksgiving than Psalm 100. Five short verses, but just packed full of so many good things. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. Well, Psalm 100 is a short psalm of only five verses, but it's centered around this theme of thanksgiving. It's a thanksgiving psalm. The first four verses explain how we are to give gratitude to God, and verse 5, the last verse, summarizes it with three reasons why God deserves to be thanked. He deserves our gratitude and thanksgiving. God is worthy of our deepest, fervent, most purest affections, and our relationship with him works on or is built on thanksgiving. In theology, the doctrine of sanctification, which is the process of being made holy or formed into the likeness of Christ, is called often the doctrine of gratitude. And the reason for that is that because a holy life that we live is partly our way of saying thank you, God, for saving us. Thank you, God, for inviting me into relationship with you. And it's based on gratitude. And that's why the Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, out of, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving as if thanksgiving is the energy or the cure or the healing behind that kind of life. So God's word exhorts us over and over to give thanks as a way of life. According to the Bible, that's the way that we're supposed to live our life, out of gratitude. And for God's people, thanksgiving is much more than some special single isolated day of the year on the calendar, the fourth Thursday of November. But the Bible gives us instruction as to how to live a life of thanksgiving, as a way of life every day. For example, just listen to these exhortations, the scripture. Uh, It says in Ephesians 5.20 that we are to give thanks for everything, 
always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, give thanks for everyone in 1 Timothy 2.1. I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. It says we are to be thankful in everything that we do. In Colossians 3.17, Paul said, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And we're to give, and give thanks in all circumstances. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then finally, we are to be overflowing, the Bible says, overflowing with thanksgiving. Colossians 2.7 says, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is to be a way of life for the Christian, and Christians should be the most grateful people in the world. Amen? We are, aren't we? <laughs> Not always, but we ought to be. Uh, we, that should be our, the distinctive, the distinctive, not the distinct mark, but the distinctive mark <laughs> of Christians, that we are thankful. We should be the kindest people, the most respectful people in our communities. Our world is unkind because it is ungrateful. And there's a direct link between unkindness and ingratitude. It's like Shakespeare said in his little sonnet, Blow, blow, thou winter wind, thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude. Thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude. So let's examine Psalm 100 today because it has something to help us. It tells us how to make thanksgiving a way of life and gives us five ways to express our thanksgiving to God. The first way that we express thanksgiving to God is publicly acknowledge his existence. Verse 1 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. And the, the phrase all the earth is, is, is a phrase that is summoning everything on the earth to publicly acknowledge God's existence. The summons to acknowledge God means that we recognize God. We uh, affirm that he exists, that he is there. We acknowledge him and give him the rightful place of praise for his activity in the world. Just as the service of a soldier is recognized and appreciated by the nation for which he served, so the service of God in our world needs to be acknowledged and recognized. There was a 19th century Russian novelist. What was his name, Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can, I can read it, but I can't say it. But he, he once said something that was just really profound. He said, without God, everything is permitted. If God doesn't exist, if we don't acknowledge God's existence, then it opens the door for anything and everything. 
When people refuse to recognize the work of God, the existence of God in our world, when he's not acknowledged in our human society, in our circles of, of, uh, 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 of influence, then the darkest manifestations of human spirit, whatever mankind can invent, is given dominion to terrorize that population. And that's why Proverbs 3, 6 puts it this way. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge God. As you're walking through this world, continually, daily, acknowledge God, and he will make straight your paths. It's like as if there's this relationship between straight paths and acknowledging God, right? There's a relationship between Acknowledging the existence of God and human morality. In the middle of the War of Independence on Saturday, November the 1st, 1777, the Continental Congress proclaimed the first national day of Thanksgiving. And the journals of the Continental Congress record that, quote, it is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God. It is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God. I love that. That's the basis upon which this nation was founded. Gratitude towards God, which is recognition of the existence of God. So that on our coinage, we have the phrase, in God, we trust. So thanksgiving starts there. The most basic form of thanksgiving to God is simply acknowledging him to recognize his existence and thank him for his superintending providence in our world. It's like it says in Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will, by your will, they existed and were created. So the first way we express thanksgiving to God, it's very basic, but it's to publicly acknowledge his existence. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, all the earth. The second way we express thanksgiving to God, according to Psalm 100, is cheerfully engage in his service. Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. <clears throat> now this means two things. It means grateful people want to get engaged in the service of the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Do you think there's some kind of connection between a serving spirit and thanksgiving? I think there is. It's like, how do you motivate your kids to want to do the dishes or to help serve in the home? You know, I mean, we know that as parents, we, we, that the, the proper, the most powerful incentive or motivation for service has got to be thanksgiving, has got to be gratitude. That's what moves us to want to serve. There may be other um, motives for serving, but the best motive, the most powerful motive, is the spirit of thanksgiving. And that's why the psalmist says, serve the Lord 
out of gladness with gladness. John Wesley once said, sour godliness is the devil's religion. (laughs) Sour godliness is the devil's religion. Nothing should be done for the Lord with a sour attitude or begrudgingly. God has given us a reason to smile. The psalmist could have put it this way, serve the Lord with a smile. Preach a sermon with a smile. (laughs) Scientifically, I've read where it takes 72 muscles to frown, but only 14 to smile. Not sure I believe that, but that's that's what it says. Mother Teresa said, holy living consists in doing God's work with a smile. God loves to see a smile because a smile expresses gratitude. Serve the Lord with gladness. There's a a funny story I read about Lawrence Bivick, who was once the moderator of Meet the Press for over 30 years, and he would love to tell this story on himself. He said that one time he got a telegram from a viewer just before a show, and it read, Why don't you smile? I'll be watching today, so please smile. Spivak said, I, on the show that day, I, I made what I thought was a very fetching smile. But after that program, he said, I got another telegram that said, don't do it again. It was better the other way. <laughs> it's like the, the great English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon was teaching a class to his preacher boys on preaching, and uh, he was emphasizing the importance of making the proper facial expression that harmonized with the subject that you were talking about. And so Spurgeon said, when you speak of heaven, let your face light up. Let it be irradiated with a heavenly gleam. Let your eyes shine with the reflected glory. He said, but when you speak of hell, well, your ordinary face will do. (laughs) When the psalmist says, serve the Lord with gladness, he's saying that smiling is the expression of heaven. Smiling is the proper expression for people who join God in his service in this world. We are happy people. It's the way God wants his gospel to be embodied in a way that is appropriate with the nature of the gospel, which is good news, right? It's good news, and so we display that by serving the Lord with gladness. The most powerful example I think I've ever heard that supports this verse is the testimony of David Livingston, who was that great missionary who opened up Africa for the gospel. When David Livingston was a little boy, he was sitting in the Aberdeen Music Hall listening to missionaries um, at the London Missionary Society giving their um, report on mission activity. And after the service was over, Livingston just sat there like he was gripped to his seat and he was watching the missionary team as they were filing out the door and a minister was nearby and he was watching this young boy just remaining there in his seat with his eyes glued to the missionaries. And so he stepped up quietly to the young boy, David Livingston, and he, with a smile on his face, he spoke to him and he said, my boy, would you like to become a missionary one day? David Livingston later said that as he was reporting on the history of his life and what God had 
how God had used him so powerfully. He said, looking back on that, that moment, he said, it was that smile, the smile of that minister, which led him to make his final decision to serve his Savior as a foreign missionary. Serve the Lord with a smile. Serve the Lord with gladness, the psalmist says. Well, this is the life that Christ has called us to, to serve partner together with him, to engage in his service with a glad heart because it is good news that we're sharing with the world, to cultivate a glad heart. Grateful people are people who smile. It's the heavenly expression. And we express thanksgiving to God by cheerfully engaging in his service. Isn't that a good reminder? You have to get up at 6 a.m. to come and serve on the worship team. Amen. 5, 5 a.m.? Okay. Who's, who's? Serve the Lord with gladness, you all. All right, Tyson, you owe me for this message to your serve team, right? But it's a good reminder for all of us. God is deserving. God is worthy of serving him with a cheerful heart. Well, there's another form of expressing thanksgiving thanksgiving that's given in Psalm 100, and that is we show God gratitude when we deeply desire his presence. I love this. The second part of verse 2 says, come into his presence with singing. Come into his presence is the invitation here. Now, I haven't done the math. I haven't done the research on this, but I think that this longing for God's presence is one of the most frequently expressed desires that we find in the book of Psalms. Over and over again, the Psalms are permeated with this love, this longing, this yearning for God's presence. Listen to Psalm 21.6 that says that time in the presence of the Lord is a time of great joy, unequaled joy. It says, you make us glad with the joy of your presence. Psalm 16.11 says, you fill me with the joy of your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. And listen to the longing for God's presence that's expressed in Psalm 63, 1. O oh God, you are my God. I long for you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. Yes, in the sanctuary I've seen you and witnessed your power and your splendor. There's nothing that compares to time spent in the presence of God. Amen? There's nothing that equals it. As my father used to testify, he would say that God has spoiled me for this world. There's something that God gives us in his presence that's uncomparable, unequal to anything that we can get from this world. Time in his presence. I remember when my son Blaine, for the first time, he had some money when he got a job working at the vet clinic in Eagle River. And the first thing he did with his money is he went out and bought a camera. And a Two or three days after he bought his camera, I went into his bedroom and I said, Blaine, I said, um, 
how do you like your new camera? Just to kind of connect with them. And he says, oh, I, I really like it. But dad, you know, it's really interesting. All of the joy that I thought this camera was going to give me, it isn't giving it to me. <laughs> and it was a profound moment for my son to have that self-awareness, to realize that the, the things of this world can't fulfill that need that we have for the joy of the Lord. And so there's this longing, this real longing that's a real-life longing that's expressed in Psalms, the longing for the presence of, the God, of God. Like Psalm 42 says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, for the living God. And I say, when will I be able to go and appear in God's presence? As if that's the biggest deal the most important thing, the most fulfilling place to be is in God's presence. And so we're expressing the worth of God when we deeply desire his presence. Nothing so honoring to someone is it as to say, I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you. During my teenage years, my parents took me every year to a family camp near Lake Placid, New York, I grew up in Ontario, Canada, so New York was right next to where we lived, and we'd cross the border and go up there for that family camp every summer, and I used to love it. And I was deeply impacted by one of the leaders at that camp. His name was Donald Hardy, and he would get so <clears throat> caught up in the joy and the rapture, if, if we could put it that way, of worship that it just seemed that he was a man that was alone with God in a public setting. And he was like, he was unaware of any el anyone else around him. And I can still remember how during those times he would, he would be saying to the Lord, your presence is my paradise. Your presence is my paradise. And it's left an imprint on me and a, and a longing for, for, for that reality that he had experienced to become my reality as well. And it can be all of our realities, according to Psalm 100, where there's this invitation given to us, come, come, come into his presence is the invitation here. Come on in, come on in and enjoy his presence and come in with singing. So we express thanksgiving to God by deeply desiring his presence, to be with him. And then there's a fourth way we express thanksgiving to God. We show God gratitude when we confidently rest in his love. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We have a wall plaque on our deck door looking out over the lake, and it's from Psalm 4610 that says, Be still and know that I am God. I love that verse. Just rest your weary, your worries and your weariness into his arms and know that he is God and he's in charge of it all. We show gratitude to God when we call on him and tell him 
and ask him to calm all of our anxieties. We trust him with our cares. We cast our anxieties on him because we know that he cares for us, Peter said in 1 Peter. The psalmist says, God is watching over you, the God of the universe. You belong to him. You are his children. You are sheep of his pasture. He's caring for you, and happy are the people who acknowledge that truth. Every evening you can turn your worries over to God because he's going to be up all night anyway, right? He never slumbers or sleeps, the Bible says, and he'll take care of you. You can give your concerns over to him. And notice the metaphor of this verse. It's the metaphor of a sheep and a shepherd and of pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. So you think about it, sheep eat uh, grass in a pasture that someone else has found for them, where someone else has cleared that land for them, someone else has cultivated that land for them, someone else has grew the grass for them. It's a word picture that says that God is there for us and God is nurturing us, God is providing for us, God is caring for us. God is watching over us. And the psalmist says, know, know something, be assured of something, that God is the Lord and that we belong to him, that we are his people and that the shepherd is leading us into green pastures. So thanksgiving is recognizing God's care for us. And it's knowing that we don't have to worry where our food is going to come from, we can confidently rest in his love. So don't worry about your future. Don't borrow sorrow from tomorrow. It's like the conversation between the robin and the sparrow. Said the robin to the sparrow, friend, I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Well, said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. <laughs> Isn't that good? God cares for us. We need to be reminded of that. Jesus reminded us of that in the Gospels. He says that there's not a hair on our head, but that God is numbered. And if God can clothe the lilies of the field and care for the birds of the air, how much more will he not care for us as well? We can confidently rest in his love. Don't let the enemy rob you or make you think that God is not caring for you. He is and he loves you and rest confidently in that. That's how we express thanksgiving to God, affirming him that he cares for us and thanking him for that. Now, finally, the fifth way that we express thanksgiving to God is to daily abide in his life. Verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. I love that little phrase, bless his name, because his name embodies his character, everything that he is and everything he's said and everything that he's promised. And we bless his name by agreeing with the fact that 
God is entirely dependable, that he keeps his word, he does what he's promised, and he is who he claims to be. There's no shadow of turning with the Lord, and we bless his name. And that's thanksgiving to God when we bless his name by affirming that he is who he claims to be. And Psalm 100 gives us five progressive stages then of life-changing thanksgiving. It starts with, in verse 1, all the earth, and then it progresses to this intimate invitation to enter into his gates in verse 4. And the, the five forms of thanksgiving, just they move from this general sense of all creation and all the earth to this personal sense of invitation to everyone that God has created and every sheep that's a member of his pastor from the indirect to the face-to-face. And the lesson of Psalm 100 is this, that culting, cultivating gratitude deepens our intimacy with God. Thanksgiving opens us up to access to God's presence. There's something about it. It's like the, the key to open the door into God's presence. It's a, it's a gift that God has given to us to come and sit down with him and, and to be with him, the, this gift of thanksgiving. L- listen to how this, the psalm puts it. It says, come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. According to the psalm, what really gets our spirit of thanksgiving revved up is the joy of knowing that we are invited to be part of God's life. And this immediately makes me move to remember the prayer of Jesus for us. And he prayed In the Gospel of John, his prayer is recorded that we would know the same love that exists between he and the Father, that we would share in the love of the Trinity, in the community of the triune Godhead, that we would enter into that and share in that. And it's it's profound and it's deep, but we are invited personally to have a face-to-face walking, talking relationship with the God of heaven. Come before his presence. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving is the invitation. And we are invited to be part of God's life. God's not excluded us from his best goodness. Verse 5 closes that way and talks about, for the Lord is good. It it gives us the reason why God deserves our thanksgiving, for he's good, for his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generation. And here's the fizz factor that will recarbonate a flat life and recarbonate your gratitude. You are invited to enter into his gates and into his courts with praise. Friends, this is how a relationship with God works. A relationship with God does not work by bringing him some of your best things, your good works, and say, God, uh, am I deserving to come into your presence now because I'm bringing you, you know, this this bag of ra- this basket of raspberries, you know, look what I've grew for you, Lord. And, uh, uh, do you like me now, Lord? We don't, we don't come with that sense of having to earn his favor, right? 
The only way, the only way that that we come into God's presence is by saying, you are worthy, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I bless your name, God. It's, It's directed to what he has done for us and who he is. There's nothing that we have to do to come into his presence yet to say thank you. That's the only thing. Can you say thank you? Can I say thank you? That's what it means to become a Christian. If someone says, how do you become a Christian? How do you become a follower of Jesus? Uh, Just say thank you. (laughs) That's what it means. That's the invitation to come into his presence. We come into his presence with thanksgiving. It's like my... uh, my amazing dog, Jedi, an Australian shepherd. There's no, one, there's no dog better on the face of the earth. I'm actually grieving the day that dog will die. And he's not going to die for another 20 years, but he's such a good dog. And, and Jedi has one desire and one alone in his life, and that's to be part of my life. It's because I feed him, I know, but, 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 but besides that, even when he's starving hungry, he still tells me how much he loves me and how amazing I am, you know. But his one single desire is to be in my presence. He wants one thing to be included in my life. In other words, nothing makes Jedi more sad than to be excluded, to be on the other side of those deck doors looking in. He hates that. He hates that. He's, oh, and he, you know, he paws and paws. He just, just, he just wants to be let in. Think about that. He just wants to be let in. Do, do, what kind of a heart would I have to not want to open up the door for him, right? I mean, he's expressing gratitude to me, expressing love to me by by doing that. And he strokes my ego and makes me feel like I've got worth and value, you know. (laughs) But that's really how relationships work. Relationships work. They're they're founded and grounded and built on thanksgiving. When It's basically this issue of saying, I want to be in your presence. And nothing's more honoring. Nothing is more drawing into, draws us into intimacy more than to know that somebody wants to be with you and be in your presence. And that's what we do when we say to the Lord, when we respond to the Lord's invitation, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So verse 5 closes the psalm, giving us three reasons why we need to abide daily in the life-changing presence of God. It says, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generation. So here's the three reasons we enter God's presence every day, why we need time spent in his presence. Our mind needs to be filled with his goodness. Our minds need to be reminded that God is always good. Secondly, our will needs to be humbled by his mercy. And third, our affection needs to be shaped towards his truth. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So thanksgiving brings us into the presence of God where we find goodness, where we find mercy, and where we find truth. 
So in summary, here are five biblical ways to express thanksgiving to God according to Psalm 100. Publicly acknowledge his existence. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Cheerfully engage in his service. Serve the Lord with gladness. Deeply desire his presence. Come into his presence with singing. Confidently rest in his love. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And daily abide in his life. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So in conclusion, I want to rivet this thought into your hearts and minds. And that is that I believe with all my heart that thanksgiving will literally change our life. Thanksgiving has the power to change your life. I believe that God has put a power in thanksgiving. He has embedded an energy in the attitude of gratitude. It's, it's, I believe that thanksgiving, it, you might think, oh, I'm the one that's initiating, but actually it's a gift that is given to us by God for entering his presence. There's, the, thanksgiving is powerful. I wish I could explain it and even think about how it works in human relationships as well. I'm thinking of how my wife will often study my countenance to see if I'm going to smile. You know, if I'm going to, you know, it's like we have a human need to want to know that we're invited in, that we're accepted, that we're loved. And this is the key that unlocks intimate relationships, not only the human level that says, I want to be part of your life, but in the spiritual relationship with God, to know that God has invited us into relationship with him and the key to enter into his presence, Psalm 100 says, is with thanksgiving. And so our life is literally changed in the presence of God, and thanksgiving is how we enter into God's presence. If you want your life to change, you'll need to learn the art of thanksgiving. If you want more of God's presence in your life, you must make thanksgiving a way of life. Thanksgiving is a miraculous means of grace. Means of grace are those things that God has given us to enter into relationship with him by which he and by way in which he dispenses grace to us. And I believe thanksgiving is a means of grace. It has the power. There's nothing more powerful than our spirit switching over into a thankful heart. It's powerful. In a moment, it's like a switch that you can move from the mully grubs, grubs into happiness. It's a switch like, oh, yeah, think of the Holy Spirit will often remind me, but just think of reasons to be thankful. And as soon as you start working on that assignment to think of reasons to be thankful, immediately you move into another realm 
of the heavenlies, right? And, and then the enemy is defeated by the spirit of thanksgiving. And so there's power in thanksgiving to dissolve conflicts. There's power in thanksgiving to dissipate bitterness. There's power in thanksgiving to make our, our anxieties disappear. But here's the thing that Psalm, is point, Psalm 100 is pointing out as well, that Thanksgiving is a choice, a choice we have to make. Uh, it's written in the language of the imperative, if you're an English student. Uh, it, it, we must choose to be thankful. Listen to the words of every verse and all five of these ways that we express thanksgiving. They begin with words like make, serve, come, know, enter. Those are all commands. They're all imperatives, which means that it's up to us. We have to choose this. We have to choose uh, to come into God's presence with thanksgiving. It's, it's our choice. If we'd like our relationships to change with one another or with God, we have to choose the way of gratitude. And God has designed all relationships in this world to reflect the heavenly relationship. So the way our relationship with God works, so do our relationships with one another work. And they work by thanksgiving, by honoring one another. It's how we enter into God's presence and how we enter into one another's presence. Is that helpful? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this lesson from Psalm 100 on ways to express thanksgiving to you and the way that thanksgiving works and the power of thanksgiving, the power it has to change our life, the key that it is to open up relationships. Thank you for this reminder, and we pray for your Holy Spirit to endow us with supernatural strength to not only remember to be thankful, but to think of ways to be thankful, to be to have a spirit of thankfulness, Lord. We just sense, Lord, that your presence is here right now and that you have given us all special insight in this moment that may be something we've never thought of it like this before. And so, God, we pray that as we reflect upon this, that we'll apply it and we'll choose every day to wake up with a thankful heart, that we'll go to bed at night numbering the reasons, the many reasons that we have to be thankful. Make us thankful people, Lord, people who serve you with a glad heart. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.